It is a mentality that shuns excuses and focuses on what's at stake. A mindset that resolves within itself that you must totally empty yourself to experience victory. A memory that remembers that who and what you are playing for is bigger than you. What's up, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of 2022. Happy New Year to you guys. I hope the New Year is going well for each of you thus far. Today, we have a very special guest, the first international podcast episode that was uh, that's recorded here at Fourth Quarter Christianity. We only hope to get more. So, hey, look, we're doing some major things this year, and we're trying to get better with our content. Also, the website is, uh, is, is still in process, but it should be up by the end of this month. But we have a, a, a wonderful guy that we're talking to this morning, and uh, just know that he was already an artist, right? He drew uh, because it was something that he loved to do. Later, he would couple his love for art with his passion for medicine and become a medical illustrator. And with his drawings, he aims to diversify the medical field by incorporating more black people in a world that is heavily dominated by white medical illustrations. And so uh, this guy had a remarkable journey. He, he applied to med school and was rejected several times. His mother died of cancer while he was young. But this only fueled his passion to change the world of healthcare as we know it. So uh, now he is an incoming medical student at the universe at a university in Ukraine. And by the way, did I mention that this guy is only 25 years old? Yep, that's right. 25 years old. Today, we're talking to Chidi Ibe. Uh, he's a uh, he's from Nigeria, of course, again, studying at studying at a university in, in the Ukraine right now. So so very thankful to have him and. Uh, uh, yeah, you don't want to miss his story. It's a very remarkable story, uh, listening to everything that sort of transpired and unfolded in his life. And of course, he attributes his success uh, to God. And so uh, just a wonderful guy to talk to, very humble and uh, so thankful that he could be on the podcast with us today. Uh, please don't forget to share this episode, subscribe to the podcast, uh, like it on Facebook, YouTube, um, all of that. And um, that will help us to uh, spread our content. Uh, throughout uh, not only this region but across the world thank you guys so much for your continued uh, continued support and now we'll get right into the episode with you today i'm talking with mr chitty and we've had a fun time already trying to pronounce the name and of course the american accent is hindering me a little bit but that's all right uh, Mr. Chitty, will you go ahead and introduce yourself, tell everybody who you are, where you're from, and what do you do? All right. I'm Chitty Ibe. I'm from a Boeing state in Nigeria. Um, I'm a medical illustrator and an income medical student at the Key Medical University of Ukraine. Um, I did a first degree at the University of Rio in chemistry, and um, I'm the creative director of the Association of Future African Neurosurgeons. And the chief medical illustrator of General Global Neurosurgery, and I'm passionate about medicine and arts, and I intend striking a balance between those two. And um, I want to be a pediatric neurosurgeon in the nearest future. Thank you. Man, that is fantastic, dude. Like, I mean, just being an artist, a medical illustrator, and going on to be a pediatric neurosurgeon, that like both of those are incredibly, incredibly difficult. And I, I, I have to clap my hands to you on that, man. Those are major goals. Uh, but being that you already talked about that, let's go ahead and get into a basic question. I mean, how and when did you start drawing? All right. Um, 
So I was already an artist for like 2000, from 2014. But the first time mm-hmm. I went to medical nutrition was 2020. That was last year, July, during the lockdown. That's whenever I had heard of what those drawings were. And so that's pretty much when I started medical nutrition last year, July. Man, okay, okay. And and how did you, or I guess, when did you sort of realize that you had this, this unwavering love for medicine? Um, from the first, from the from the first time I started thinking of myself. I mean, the first career I ever wanted was to be a medical doctor, but it has been a very difficult journey getting to medical school here in Nigeria. So that has been the first ever career I wanted to do, and I, I kept on pushing, pushing and pushing for years up until now. If you don't mind me asking, too, uh, this this just came into my mind, actually. Uh, if you had to just say one piece of it that was super incredibly difficult as far as getting into medical school and, and working your way through that, what was the most difficult part? The difficult part was that, um, first of all, I tried medical school for five good years and I wasn't admitted to medical school. Uh, so for reasons I didn't know why. Um, so I kept trying. Even while I was in my undergraduate degree in chemistry, my second year, I wrote the exam for medical school again. I wasn't admitted. And my final year also, I wasn't also admitted also. And uh, for, for the reasons why, I, did, I don't know why I was, wasn't admitted, but I mean, I just kept on pushing and pushing. But thank God for today. I mean, I got admitted in Ukraine Man. and it's going to go out very well. Man, see, that's a lesson for all of us then. Just keep keep striving towards your goals. No matter if you get turned down the first time, keep pushing, keep pushing. Uh, I mean, how how did you how did your love for drawing and medicine lead you to become a medical illustrator? All right. So um, that's pretty much because I wanted to be a, a pediatric neurosurgeon. So um, because I had a couple of creative skills, I was a graphic designer before medical education. So um, during the lockdown, I knew I loved drawing and I loved medicine, but I, I never knew that there was a bridge between that which of medical illustrations. So, um, but during the lockdown, I reached out to this group on Facebook, um, the Association of African Neurosurgeons, which I'm going to serving as the creative director. So I reached out to them and said, um, I wanted to do graphic design for them, that they should pay me because I was actually broke during the lockdown. So, um, and they said there were no funds to pay me. I quickly said I wanted to volunteer. So at the point of volunteering, that's where I met my mentor, Dr. Oric Sidney, who saw my drawings and said, okay, why not go into medical illustration? Because they feel like that. I had never heard of such shoes like that. And uh, so that's really the whole interest of, the whole interest of combining arts and medicine came up. I mean, so I pretty much loved it, but it was difficult at the start. It was very difficult at the start. So I'll have to continue. I'll just talk about how it was, how it, how it went on. And and what what made it so difficult at the start, if you don't mind me asking? All right. So here in Nigeria, uh, we have a lot of power supply issues. Okay. So you could stay like a week and a half power supply. So what I did was for like a year and I kept going to church. From, but from my house to a church is about a one hour drive. So I go to church every day for one good year to work to get power supply and to learn medical illustration. Because of course, you need power supply to be able to teach yourself all of this. So a difficult journey for me. So for one good year, I was paying my way to church every day, learning this thing. And um, then I had just a very old computer and a computer mouse to teach myself all of this. So this, this way, pretty much challenges. And of course, there were no tutorials online, no, no YouTube tutorials. To, I mean, more like 
if you want to learn photo editing, you will see tutorials on YouTube about photo editing or audio editing. But you need to tutorials on YouTube about how to do make illustrations. So I basically teach myself everything that I had learned and which made it very difficult for me. But I mean, I never give up on because I, I, I loved it and I wanted to learn it. I mean, so that's pretty much the challenge I had faced past my journey. So I, I got to ask you too, man, because I'm looking at you and you look pretty young. I mean, how old are you? I'm 25. You 20? What? And you, oh my <laughs> goodness. Man, I'm, tw- I'm 24, man. I, oh my Amazing. goodness. You, you, you're an inspiration, dude. I mean, having tried at medical school that many times and at, at age 25, I mean, you're in, you're, you're making these momentous, monumentous drawings already and they're impacting the world. I mean, I, I want to dive a little bit more into that too. Like, how do you, I guess, well, let me ask you this question. Why strive to become a pediatric surgeon? And like, what exactly will your job entail as a pediatric surgeon? So um, my job will entail that um, I take care of children based on neurosurgical defects, okay? So children that have, um, for example, like hydrocephalus, okay? Children that have uh, aneurysm. So it's just focused on children, um, brain, uh, surgery, so which children have brain defects. For example, if uh, children have conjoined, like for example, con- conjoined twins, okay, who are joined on the brain. I mean, that would be my my job, okay, as, as, a, as a neurosurgeon, to work towards right. separating those twins. I mean, that's pretty what I love. I want I want to do. So have you have you noticed like a, I don't know, like a discrepancy or a problem? in the uh, realm of uh, pediatric neurosurgeon, which sort of led you there and you wanted to sort of maybe fix or rectify that issue? Um, not particularly, but um, being that I love children a lot and um, I love children and I love medicine, I love the brain. And, and being that my mom died of cancer, so that has always been the major push you know, to, to give children. I mean, that happened at a very young age in my life. So to give children, to take, them, to take that pain away the pain they could experience at the early stage of their life, but through neurosurgery to give, I mean, it, it gives me so much joy that I see children very happy. I mean, it gives me, I feel fulfilled when I see children happy and um, they have that joy. So not like I particularly seen a problem solving in, in neurosurgery. I mean, until I get to the field yet, so when, I'm, when I'm training, of course, I'll see problems solved. For now, I want to just be, I want to render my services to the health, in the health sector to children to give them hope, to give them that joy that. Most children could never afford. Man, so the, like I know most people who maybe go into the medical field and they strive for something of this magnitude, it's usually because of I don't know a family something in their family history that they don't want to happen to someone else, or they're trying to uh, learn more about it so they can assist others and keep them from having to go through the same pain. Um, is there something that maybe happened in your family that you're trying to? Uh, keep other people from experiencing or all right so uh, as i said my mom died at the way she died of ovarian cancer she died of cancer and um sadly i was i was the one who witnessed the death um, among my family and that really that really got to me i mean before then i had passion for medicine already but that was the most that was a, that was the that was an that was a prompt to not give up on my dream and um so um Growing up, I never had this deep connection with my parents. I mean, we didn't have this deep love because my parents were always out there trying to cater for us as children. I mean, we never had this um, bonding as a family. So all they just did was to provide our daily needs 
okay. But not like we had, I had, I could share my personal issues with them. And because they went to a lot of health issues and their focus was just to take care of their health issues. So this, this, what, this is what health issues has, has, has created a disparity, has created a big gap between parents and their children. And uh, so eventually I want to be able to, because um, being I want to be pediatric neurosurgeon, also focusing on neuro-oncology, which is cancer of, of, of the brain. So being right, that right. my mom died of cancer, so I want to be able to also leverage or take, take that pain away through surgery and give children a hope and um, give their, their future a meaning. Man, that is so awesome, man. Like that is a, uh, that's very heartbreaking. And the fact that you would take on such a, uh, such a incredible role and want to do that for little children, uh, it, it definitely touches my soul, man. I have a, uh, I have a son, have one son. And he's he's almost two, but he's like 17 months right now. So I just say one. He's one. But <laughs> yeah. of course, in the technical terms, you got to say how many months he, he is. So he's 17 months. And uh, yeah. that, that that really means a lot to me. So I guess the the, the next question I want to get into is, uh, you know, I, I've been seeing this a lot, you know, via your Instagram page. And I, I've been dying to ask ask you this question. How do you plan to execute your vision of promoting diversity and inclusion in healthcare uh, via your illustrations, your medical illustrations? All right. So it's it's actually very simple because after that work went, went viral, people already started changing their drawings to black illustration. So I, I had, I, had um, I mean, people already sent me their work and said, from now on, my drawings will be in black, black skin. So the change, the change is already happening. And uh, for me personally, I want to be able to create materials, to create resources, because it's it, it, it interesting to know that here in Nigeria, that the medical test that medical students use in Nigeria are in white skin. And also, mm. the public health sector, community health workers, which go to rural communities, in rural villages here in Nigeria, to advocate for um, staying safe from for example, malaria or um, cholera or typhoid, you know, being safe from all of this um, endemic or so. That is, community health workers go to this village to white skin public health materials, and you're going to local women that cannot speak proper English. So eventually, I want to be able to write these materials in black skin for community health workers to go to rural communities to make advocacy. Now, when this happens, and people see, people see that this is already benefiting health sectors. The medical textbook will now adopt the system. Oh, that um, in the, in American literature, that black black illustration should also be juxtaposed with the white white illustration. I mean, I'm not advocating that white drawing should totally be um, um, obliterated, but that right, yes, right. But, but that if there are white drawings, that the black also should be placed side by side with that. So that when you're studying, you can make comparisons. To, to comparisons on skin, and of course, which you aid your study. So that's that's just um, right. I, what I intend to do my drawing, that medical textbook, because that's the focus now. The medical textbook adopt this as a norm already, because this will give our children what to fall back to. Because now uh, it, it, it's difficult to change the doctors already in training, but the medical students who are already in training are our target audience. So if we can imbibe this in their curriculum already, I, be, I believe the results out there would much, much, much more better. No, you, you, you're right, man. I agree. I, I think there's something about, because when I first saw it, I had never thought to myself, 
you know, I thought about like, man, why we can't see, you know, black pictures or uh, illustrations when it comes to the medical field. I, I mean, I took human anatomy and in that class, it was always white skin. And until I saw your illustrations, I didn't realize that my mind didn't have to wonder or think about it being black skin anymore. Because usually when I saw white skin, I would imagine like, okay, okay, wait, wait, it's, it's black. I got to see black, you know, because I can't really relate to it. But with your illustrations coming into play and then now becoming the norm in these textbooks, I think would be fantastic for people with darker skin. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I think that's a, that's a, that's a great way to do that, man. And, 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 and for sure make the impact that you've already made on the world, but man, the best is yet to be seen in my opinion, bro. So the next question I want to ask is, I know when I sent you the, the, the invitation, of course, everyone knows that the name of the podcast is fourth quarter Christianity. And so it is a religious based uh, podcast. And I remember <laughs> you text back and said, man, I love God. And so I just want to, I want to dive into that a little bit and get your thoughts on this. I mean, how has your faith in God impacted you along this this conquest and diversifying the medical field and i wish i wish the world would hear this right now because i i don't talk about this much in all the interviews i've had so far so um my faith in god is very important to me right now because i'm a christian i love god for the core. and um before this before this dream went viral i did something very 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 i mean i had I had extended my faith so now, before, before this happened, as Ella said, I was denied a visa, okay? So I had applied for a visa to Ukraine, I was denied. I mean, I spent everything I had in my GoFundMe to, to pay for a visa, and I was denied a visa. So at that point of being denied a visa, I was depressed, and because I didn't have money to start over all again. I didn't have school fees. I mean, I spent all I had to do visa, so I had no hope of school fees already. But something, um, God so kind for, for the Spirit of God, so, um, my other brother spoke to me and said, why not show a seed of faith into someone's life? So um, there's a woman in my church, okay? She, she's a prayer. She, she's a prayer where she prays a lot. So it, 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 in that moment of my life, I prayed to God. I said, God, I want to show a seed into someone's life. And the seed I had was just everything I had, all the money I had in my account. So I said, I want to show a seed to somebody. So God showed me, God showed me a woman to show it in my church. So I told God that, um, if this we want me to throw this money into, let it be that as I'm going to church today, let that be the first person I'll see in church as I'm going to church. So God said kind, she was the first person I saw in church while I got to church. Mm -hmm. So I got to church, I saw her, I was like, please, can you wait for me that? I mean, God told me something to do. So I had to rush to the bank. I, I made a withdrawal. I came back and sadly she wasn't in church anymore. I quickly got her phone number. I called her, I went to her house, I gave her the money. So she prayed for me, and, 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 and we did a seven days prayer, seven days prayer in church. So the seventh day, seventh day that she prayed for me, the holy morning was when all this went, went viral, when everything blew up. I couldn't contain them anymore. Wow. So normally, normally I, I, I don't talk about this in my interviews yet, because I mean, there's, I mean it's, it's important to keep it very professional also, and because these are, these are really just, Podcast. I'm just going to talk about the, the, the Christian part, how I push my faith, and, and what God did for me. And to my surprise, I'm go for me shot above its target. I mean, my target was about fifteen thousand pounds, and I'm speaking to you right now. It's about thirty thousand pounds, double of 
what I needed for medical school. Man. So this is what God does for people who are straight faith and who never give up on that. I mean, I love God a lot because, and in fact, this is more reason why I'm going to hold on to God more and more because everything I've had, everything I, I mean, I know I worked hard for this moment, but it is God that's taken me up to this point. I mean, it is God that held my hands and led me and gave me the wisdom to make these drawings. Sincerely, because I, I tell people that, and when I made that drawing of finance, I had a struggle in my spirit. I mean, I, I didn't want to do that drawing. I didn't want to do it, but I had a struggle in my spirit. Why not do this, do this, do this? So I just, okay, fine. I was just going to do that. I mean, I did it and it went viral. So, I mean, my faith with God has yeah. contributed to my success today and, and will always be, always be contributing part of my success. Man, that's powerful, man. That really is powerful. Uh, I don't think uh, people, uh, I don't think people give God enough credit, you know, how he is instrumental in a lot of our success. And, uh, you know, I had to, I had to remind myself a lot, you know, if something is, if I'm a little down, you know, try to pray, uh, read my Bible. And when things are going great, remember to do the same thing, pray, read your Bible, you know, thank God for everything. Thank God for every breath that I breathe. And I just think that's so powerful. And, and, and thanks for your perspective on that, man. Like, I think prayer is often overlooked, too. And uh, I'm guilty of that. Sometimes <laughs> I, I forget to pray. And the first thing I think about is oh, I can fix this. Let me let me fix this, you know, and I need to rely on God more. So, man, that's powerful, man. Thank you for that. Are there I know most people have these in their life, but I, I want to ask you to see if you have any. Are there any unsung heroes who went before you or? came along beside you that aided you along the way sorry i lost you yeah can can you hear me now yeah Yeah. are are there any unsung heroes that are that came before you or that came along beside you that sort of aided you along the way in this journey my late mom is my hero she it's amazing to know that after everything went viral after CNN carried my work, BBC carried my work, and um, I cried, literally, I, I did cry, because none of this was ex- expected. I mean, it's amazing how God helped me. Then I realized that before my mom died, she went to church and said she's still in seat for her second son, which means that I'm going to be great in life. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be great in life. So, but sadly, she's not here today to see all the good things in my life today. So her, her seed, her seed of, of, of faith and prayers is what has held me and has kept me going up until now. So she's my number one hero. Yeah. My number one hero. I mean, secondly to my family, my dad and uh, my siblings, my other brother, my siblings, they've been amazing. And then until I met my mentor, who had always advised me, who has always taught me and guided me so much. And um, I mean, many people have contributed to my life to helping me grow. But one person, I will not forget in a hurry, my late mom, because she's everything. And I wish she was here to see all the blessings of God. I wish she was here. Yeah. And I'm sure she would be very proud, man. She would. Ha- I mean, I'm, I'm happy for you. And I mean, it's just a, it's just a wonderful thing to see. Very beautiful thing to see. What uh, the next question I want to get into is 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 really uh, an impactful one because of your medical medical illustrations and and what your goal is overall. I suppose uh, what what message do you want to convey to the world through your work regarding represent representation in the medical community? 
All right. So it's 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 that everybody deserves to be heard. Everybody deserves to feel valued. Everybody deserves a chance. For example, in the US, there are a whole lot of health disparities. Okay, so the same healthcare a white woman receives is not the same healthcare that a black woman would receive. I mean, black women are devalued in the US. So the message out there is that no matter the skin color, I mean, I'm not just advocating for the black people. I mean, because I'm black, so I'm speaking up for the black. If I was Asian, I'll speak for the Asian. So it's it's right. it's more of more of um, everybody needs to be heard. We all need to have an, an, an equitable healthcare. I mean, because I know that there, 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 there's a whole lot of um, health bias, but it ought not to be so because if we come together as, as a community, not as a competitive system, because I know that a whole, a lot, a whole lot of um, people are actually competing to be at the top. And that's why there's a whole lot of bias and disparity. But if we came together as a community, we love ourselves more, we create this system, I believe everybody will have same value, everybody will have the same opportunity that we all deserve. So, so to my drawing, right. my drawing is not just, just for healthcare, but just but it's a message of hope, it's a message of, of equity, it's a message of let's come together, let's build this system, let's build this community together. Let's not, it's not just about competition, it's not, just, it's not about who, who will be at the top, but if we can carry ourselves and lead ourselves along, we could all be at the top. So it's a message of coming together as a family. Man, that's that's powerful. I mean, of course, I'm sure, like me, people that listen to this are going to want to know how we can be more involved. And so I have this question for you. How, how can we support your efforts slash initiatives um, aimed at advocating for equal representation, uh, diversity, et cetera? How can we, how can we help support that? All right, so um, it's, it's as simple as this. Everybody has a voice. So if we lend a voice to advocacy, the message should be out there. For example, the, the issue of diversity has not been talked, talked about a lot. I mean, when people talk about it, it it's, it's actually ignored. It's actually say, oh, it's not yet time for that, not time for that. But if you and I could lend our voice to speaking up, I mean, we don't really need to be in the health sector to advocate for diversity. We don't need to be in the health sector to advocate that everybody deserve an equal chance. So if you could lend your voice, I lend my voice, somebody else out there lends his or her voice to speaking up for what they believe in or what they should believe in, that could be a better way for us coming together. I mean, as an artist, as, mm-hmm. a, as an illustrator, I use my artwork to advocate. So as, a, as, as you have make podcasts, you could use your voice also to advocate. So as a singer, a singer could use his or her voice to sing and advocate. So everybody in your own field of endeavor coming together could use his or voice, his or mind to advocate. So that's where everybody can come together, not just artists, but everybody in the same field, in different field of endeavors to come together and speak up for one thing. And I believe with that, the message will be out there. Look at that. Great and simple, man. Just speak up. Right. I think I think we can do that. I mean, it's getting harder and harder for people to to speak nowadays but yeah just open our mouths and speak up I, I love that that's that's something that we can do um here's the last question i have for you what practical advice do you have for young adults today who are trying to get into med school or aiming to impact the world in a positive way and you know 
while at the same time living out their faith in God? Uh, it, it's, it's, what an amazing question. Now, um, I know the issue of getting famous is that it's difficult to balance your, your fame and your spiritual life. I mean, because you, you want to give the world attention. I also want to give God attention. But I, I want to say this, um, God first in everything. God first. And um, so most times, most times, you know, in our life, in our life and destiny, we are promised of a glorious future. We are promised of a bright dest- destiny, of a great destiny. But the journey towards achieving that wasn't promised to be a good one. Wasn't promised that it's going to be a smooth one. And that's the mistake people make. People think that because they will have a great destiny, that a journey will be smooth. I promise you it's going to be a difficult one. And, and, and if you realize that your life is having a lot of difficult paths, you're having a lot of difficult situations, know that you have a great destiny. And that's more reason why you shouldn't give up on your dream. I know people give excuses for, I mean, people find excuses not to work out, not to improve upon themselves. But I see, uh, you see, the point is that while we work hard, we pray hard. I mean, people say also that pray as you're not working and work as you're not praying. Because by, by then you balance these two things. Because I remember when in my life, things were very difficult in my life. I would go to church every day. I would sleep over in church. I would do fasting and prayers in church all through the night pray. And um, I never knew that those things were seed I was saying in my life. And I know that this way, that the prayers, the answer gonna be, those answers were going to come today. But I know that God created me for something very different. And um, but two prayers, I worked that out. So this is a call out to every Christian out there who is making, who is looking for making an impact. The greatest impact you could ever make is staying with God, because when you stay with God, He gives you that idea, He gives you the revelation, He gives you the wisdom to making a difference. Because the difference with God is very loud, but the difference that you try to make might not be that loud. But when you stay with God to make mm. that difference, He gives you he gives you the it gives the courage to, man, to maintain that success. So that's my message out to every young person. Thank you. Hey, man. Well, there you have it. Chitty, um, appreciate the conversation, man. And before we go, I, I just got to gotta ask you really quick because I know there are going to be some people that want to uh, uh, find you and look at the drawings, your, your medical illustrations that you've done so far. Uh, would you tell everyone how they can find you? Um, you can find me on my, my Instagram, which is a very illustrated. Of my email, mostly I respond to email faster, so which is chidaberryebay24 at gmail.com. Um, my Facebook, chidaberryebay. Uh, my Twitter is a very illustrate. So basically, that. So I think I, I respond to email faster uh, because Twitter is Twitter is uh, um, so inundating. Um, so I'm I'm not so fast to be on Twitter, but I respond to emails a lot faster. So chidaberryebay24. At gmail.com, it's faster way to reach out to me. I mean, I'm so open to conversing with anybody right now. Yeah. Well, fantastic, man. Thank you so much for the conversation, bro. I I really appreciate you taking uh taking the invitation and accepting that and just being willing to come on and share more than just your life story, man, but how you made it through this arduous journey. Like that, you have definitely inspired me, and that was very incredible. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Well, folks, there you have it. Chitabera eBay from Nigeria, incoming medical student at a university in in the Ukraine. So very thankful that we were able to 
uh, get this guy on the podcast and listen to his story. Uh, what a remarkable journey that he went through. I mean, I'm sure that you guys would agree with that. Losing his mother, but only allowing uh, the loss of his mother uh, fuel his motivation to pursue his dreams and now to be uh, living those dreams and impacting the world for the better. Something that we decided to do that's that's new on the podcast is to mention a uh, a key quote that was said by the guest speaker. And so uh, the key quote for this particular episode is, end quote, the difference you make with God is much louder than the difference you can make alone, end quote. That's a very true statement. And I believe that as long as we're on God's side, uh, nothing and no one in this world can stop us. And so uh, let's continue to remember that as we continue this this new journey in 2022. Um, folks, if you're looking to follow uh, Chitty Bear eBay on social media, on Instagram, you can find him at Iberry Illustrate, which is spelled E, B as in boy, E, R, E, and then the word illustrate. All right. And so you can find him on on Instagram at that uh, at that name. Um, don't worry, I will put the other places where you can find his medical illustrations, his work, everything that he's doing. Uh, I will link that in the show notes. And so be sure to check that out. Um, again, um, ask for your continued prayer about the website and other future projects that we have coming up uh, that are quickly approaching. So uh, please just continue to keep those in mind. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your support throughout 2021. I ask for that same support in the new year. And please uh, uh, share this episode. Help us to grow our audience. And remember, this is a podcast that's primarily for uh, young people, young adults, emerging adults. And uh, we're trying to set out practical content that will help aid us in our Christian lives. Thank you guys so much. May God bless you.